Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Scott. And we're keeping you in the loop with the guitar community. This episode is brought to you by Electromotive Sound Co. Check out the Clone V3. Also, check out our friend Philip. He did a little video of it for 40 Watt Podcast. He did. And check that out. That's phenomenal. I just, I got my V3 back the other day and was playing through it and I was like, yeah, it's amazing. Did you loan it out to somebody? Uh, it was in the car that was in a different state for a few days. <laughs> So not not on purpose, but that's a great way to have to reconnect with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, oh, can you come back with my? Uh, you just you know have my my guitar pedal, please. Guitar pedal. Uh, no, no. Did I tell you about the one where I messaged a guy and it's been like five years since I lent it to him? Oh, good lord! It was a Dan Electro. It was my Fab Distortion. And uh, my big box one, and I was like, hey, do you remember that pedal I lent you a few years back? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do you still got it? He's like, yeah. I was like, can I get that? He's like, yeah. I was like, I just totally forgot about it. Alrighty then. Actually, speaking of Philip, man, that guy has had a rough flight home today. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, it's been storming in the south like crazy. Yeah, we had a little bit of the weather in Chicago, but like in, like we've had some like, it, it looks like it's about to just pour outside right now. Uh, yeah, but start. It it's started not. yesterday. Yesterday was ridiculous with the weather. Um, I went and uh, saw my friend Andrew, his uh, band that they do like weddings, wedding gigs, and they used to um, do some other stuff uh, before the drummer moved away. Um, they were doing a rehearsal, and I was waiting. I was like, "Golly!" I was driving over there. It was almost like a hurricane. It was phenomenal. It was insane. And today's not been much better. Dang. It's supposed to rain. Like our forecast this week is like nothing but rain. Hmm. We've been in a drought technically this year in Chicago. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which in in some ways is kind of nice. I mean, and it's not nice to have a drought, but Lake Michigan has been high for a couple of years now. And I don't know if you've seen pictures or stuff like that, but like in Chicago, we have um, the Lakefront Trail. And like uh, along the lakeshore, there's a lot of like paving and walking paths and things like that. And they were flooding because the lake was so high. Yeah. Wow. So in some ways it's good that, and what, and I, you know, I know the Michigan side, they're having erosion issues with the beaches and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having a little more buffer between the lake is good, but you know, droughts are not. Yeah. And this has been regionally specific time specific weather reporting <laughs> hmm. uh but yeah um again uh, i guess want to go into what's new yeah mine's really short nothing okay well i got i got my clone v3 back. <laughs> yeah you did yeah you did. there we go that's a win that's a win for the week i bought a pedal i have heard it Ooh. i have yet to plug it in myself it has been plugged in at my house <laughs> oh yeah yeah so uh philip carter uh, as we mentioned earlier was in chicago this weekend um he had a right. conference and so him and i got to see each other on saturday we got breakfast and then went over to uh one of my favorite stores in chicago called rock and roll vintage 
and it's uh it's a is that where he got that lpj uh yes thanks for uh cutting that story short oh you didn't get anything well you know i mean i got something there too first of all well some people might not know what an lpj is it could be uh Le peanut butter and jelly. It's French. <laughs> Le peanut butter. <laughs> Le peanut butter and the jelly. <laughs> anyway, you, we went to Rock and Roll Vintage. Butter, if you I only did... eat the peanut butter, you sound like a French guy. <sighs> okay. Well, Philip bought a Les Paul Jr. that we all lasered in on the minute we walked in that door. Pelham Blue. Yeah. You don't see Pelham Blue Les Paul Juniors. Apparently, they only did them one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an aggressive price already and that got me better so i will let philip tell the whole story of that um we were a little worried it was broken um because we plugged it in there and they have the loudest amp room from like a noise perspective we i've ever Hmm. seen and then he so he brought it back we we went to my house afterwards just for a little bit because uh we're just still hanging out and whatnot um and so he got to try the ES-335 now that it's been fixed up. So he's now seen the before and after. Ooh. Uh, he also wanted to try out that Champ that I bought and fixed up a little while ago. So we had some fun there. He plugged yeah. in his guitar, got to play with it. His is, you know, the timing's great because, uh, what was it, M- Music is Wind just bought a Les Paul Jr. too. Has been talking really? about like single pickup guitar. So like it just bends something in my peripheral. Uh, but yeah, you got a great guitar. I got a pedal because... Mm rock and roll vintage again like they just like just have a table with there's a bunch of pedals out oh. and like it's stuff you've never seen before and you can just kind of pick it up and you look at it and then you see price tag on it and you're like well that's cheap enough to buy and just try so i i saw a walrus pedal i've never tried really or heard of yeah it's called the harbinger yeah i've heard of wait the um matthew's effects did a harbinger that was a distortion harvester that's- Sorry. Harvester. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's is that an overdrive, right? Yes. Does it have the old guy on the front? Yes. Okay, so I I do know which one you're talking about. And this is the one with white and gold. It's it's dirty. Oh yeah. And really gross. So I gotta clean this thing up because it's got some funk on it. Um, but it was a hundred bucks. Really? So that was cheap enough for me to go. Okay, I'll check this out. And also the used prices on are high enough that I'm like, okay, well, I can definitely try this out without losing any money as long as I'm willing to clean the pedal. So, yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah, so Philip plugged it in when we got back to my house. I have yet to actually plug it in because uh, I had church the next day and I had to focus there. So I had yeah. to play guitar for that. So uh, that's all that's new in my world. Very nice um want to dive into some news yeah uh scott did that the script this week i've actually done really well and been doing the script some i know that's why i did it so early because i was like oh i'm gonna beat diaz (laughs) that's fucking that's weird whenever you have to try to beat me to do the script i'm trying to inspire competition that we're both trying to work to improve the show um have you checked our numbers lately they're doing better they are yeah we got a few new listeners so welcome welcome everybody yeah yeah oh yeah um we forgot to mention too this episode is brought to you by our patreon supporters hmm. go to patreon.com slash the effects loop if you want to be an extra special supporter um we already did our shout out last week for our new member yes we have right yes okay so um also yeah so go check that out uh you get in our chat group which can be a lot of fun um you can also not be in the chat group but still give us money that works too 
Uh, oh, you, also, happy. you also get a bonus episode every week if you join um, yes. at, I think, any level. Um, and then uh-huh. you can also get the episode early. Uh, like yes. as soon as, actually, I have been slightly delaying the main episode so that you're able to enjoy the Patreon episode more. Yeah, because if, if we release all at once, yeah, if you release it all at once, you're just gonna totally skip past the the meal of your Patreon and go straight to the dessert of the episode. Yeah, so we don't need upset tummies. We do not. I've had enough of that. And before, listen, if you're going swimming, you got to wait 30 minutes after you listen to an episode before you're allowed <laughs> to swim. <laughs> You'll get cramps. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're horrible all right speaking of horrible no i'm just kidding i don't know all right so rev designed its new chat breaker overdrive pedal with ai via chat gpt yeah i so philip and i spent some time talking about this this weekend it came up because yeah there's really two pieces of gear that kind of really came out this week at in the whole gear fest (laughs) sweetwater gear fest announcements and whatnot (laughs) i wouldn't even say either of them were necessarily a sweetwater exclusive thing but like you know just in the process of those that news cycle we saw these things this right. is the first one um it really just came about of the folks at rev playing with chat gpt uh which if you haven't played with chat gpt it's a large language model ai structure you have to pay so, for it uh there is a free tier of it okay um and it's a very useful tool but it's also very confidently wrong you know and it's just it's, wrong I yeah love it. it's just yeah it or what's the other term they use for it? hallucinations oh. um but yeah in, in describing like hey design a guitar pedal and like i i don't know what exactly their cues were to like prompts were to get it in there but it designed yeah. it started laying out a pedal and they went is this usable and they turned it they turned around and gave it to their staff like their more technical staff and they're like, yeah. well, this doesn't work as is, but you know, it's like eighty percent of the way there. So let's uh, let's see what else we can do uh, with it. And so they then took that and used as sort of the jumping-off point to improve it, and it became this, which is really a bluesbreaker pedal that's a little tweaked. Yeah, because AI doesn't create anything new; it just recycles what's already in its library. So, right. so there you go. It's available for two hundred bucks. It's it's a, it's a three knobber. Overdrive. If you like what's distinctly different about this, um, that our know. master overlords, the robots, have created it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that's that's exactly what's going on. Um, Listen, so I've seen the Matrix. As have I. Pay more attention, sir. Mm. Which pill did you take? Yes. Okay. All right. But two hundred bucks. It looks cool. It looks cool. I mean, it's 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 another bluesbreaker with some tweaks. That's that's what it is. Yeah, I like bluesbreakers. Yeah. So tweak. again, you know, often we have these archetypes, right? Like the tube screamer, the bluesbreaker. There's the clon. There's a lot of different archetypes out there, and there's a lot of room for variants of them. Yes. So if this variant hits your needs. The same way the Electromotive Effects Clone V3 meets your needs by having a tweaked uh, clean knob and a high gain mode, you know. Yes. Got a plug, high gain mode. Second plug for our sponsor. Let's see if we can pull that off the whole day. Yep. Now, speaking of pulling things off, let's really talk about what's next here because this is exciting to me. Um, We've got the Boss DM101. 
This is a Bucket Brigade stereo delay pedal from Boss in yes. their big format. Um, yes. With some interesting smart formats. It takes eight. Oh, really quick. It is their big format in the sense of the way the, the Space Echo, the new Space Echo. Yeah, sorry. It's not the 500 size. Right. It's not the 500 format. This is the classic style large format in the sense of it's trying to make it look like their oldest pedals. So what was the what delay pedal is this based off of again of theirs? Uh well so people will argue that it's like a lot like the DM2. Okay. But it's also a lot more. Well, it definitely has that whole sense of like the style has the what's the large chorus? C E well the C E one. C E one. So it has the that look. Yeah, I mean that's the shape that it's harking back to. Absolutely. Um and they, you know, they use this shape with their, uh, the space. Right. Uh, but this adds 12, this is 12 different modes, delay time up to 1.2 seconds. Um, so for, as far as bucket brigade, you know, chips, that's the, the biggest complaint is usually the length of the delay time. 1.2 mm-hmm. seconds is super long. So people will love it. And that's yeah. in, because it's and it also does stereo. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing that a lot of people have been harping for on when it comes to your mod pedals is the the stereo, which I personally don't do stereo anymore because I'd never I mean, while it does give me my jollies of like while I'm messing around by myself when it comes to a live scenario, I don't find it as useful. Mm -hmm. So. But yeah. I mean, most places are you're going to run it stereo to the board and they're just going to hit mono to their... Well, not most places, a lot of places. If they have a good sound engineer, they won't, but... But yeah, and so you know what? There's only a few modes on this that are actually like true stereo and not just yeah. dual mono. Um, right. So you also have uh, modulation on this, which is a big deal as well. Uh, it can go into self-oscillation. Um I don't see a list of the 12 modes. Diaz, did you find your magic list? I did not find a list that I can read easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang up one second. Are you going on the video and pausing it at the rot? Scott ran away. Now I'm nervous. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. everything about you so i'm back sorry baby come back i got i got mail so i've got another what's new oh my gosh mid mid, (laughs) that's great all right so what else is new all right hold on let's finish this and let's go to your what's new because i've got did you find did you find your list i did not find a list and i'm really sorry i I left you with one job i was singing (laughs) (laughs) sorry I, I was going to just pause the video. I'm going to find the video and pause it at the right time. Uh, uh, did we mention how expensive it was? $500. I mean, that seems to be the spot for the well, boss consider- right now. Well, considering as well, you have um, Tonal Recall Red Knob was a four knob. Yeah. Um, 
is a four knob, or sorry, not a four knob, a uh, four chip uh, bucket brigade. Yeah. This oh, is an eight. There's a multi head. Stop blurring the other ones. Just give me a list. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm just dragging have... through the video. A doubling, a wide, a dual mono, a pan, a pattern, a classic, a vintage, a modern, multi-head, non-linear, ambience. Reflect? Yeah. And reflect, yep. Did you get the doubling yep. delay? Wide, mm -hmm. dual mod, reflect, yeah. Vintage, classic, I literally just looked at a picture and read them all off the front. Yeah, I was, I found a, I, I like, just got a, uh. That spot in the video. All right, whatever. So what else is new? I hear, I hear. So I got another thing that I sent to our group that I thought was kind of cool. Um, and I'll have to do it later to put it in. But um, we record the show. You use a um, universal audio microphone now. Yep. And I have used the Shure SM7B. The big complaint with the SM7B from a lot of folks is that it requires a lot of preamp gain to get it to work, yeah. right? The cloud um, lifter. Yeah, so some people put cloud lifters, which are just literally a 20 dB booster mm -hmm. that runs on phantom power. Um, so there's a company out there that makes a thing called The Answer. A-N-S-E-R. It's an SM7B preamp. That literally install it, it's by Truman Audio, by the way, or okay. um, and it installs inside the microphone on the back. So often on SM7B on the back plate, there is an actual back plate you can take off, and then there's two switches back there for contour, right? Or EQ contour. This takes that out, puts those filters back on with a on-off switch. If you have phantom power given to your amp to put that booster right into the microphone oh wow so you can just run phantom power right to the microphone no cloud lifter needed can you hold it up so i can see it i mean it's literally uh, a back plate yeah. and a little circuit board so i got the How? di it and it's just you know the size of the here let me open the package just the size of the cops hole right yeah so well does this require much skill it it has six um wires you got a solder okay and that's it so, so that's the board skill. okay and you can look at it it's basically just like a really small little preamp yeah uh, and it keeps the dip switches where they are okay or well adds the dip switches back in um and then right. it's got six through holes right here right sorry the blur keeps kind of cake no, it's all good um that you just solder the wires right into so it'll be a oh, really nice. easy solder job as long as the wiring is clean very nice yeah so i want to i i think this is a no-brainer because it also has by doing that you have a true bypass okay on the mic now like i can just switch it and it goes back to the stock system i'm not editing the microphone in any meaningful way okay very nice. Yeah. All right. So, um, hot one or hot tone? Hot tone. Hot tone. Sorry. Unveils the palm size Ampero Mini. And at $255, it might be a serious competitor in the multi effects amp modeler market. Um, this looks very interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely now, 
well, I'd say we're well past it, but we're definitely now in the age where like brands like Hot Tone can't be ignored and written I mean, off they, anymore. They can be, but it's not smart to do it. You're you're limiting yourself completely. I mean, these are making these are making products that might arguably be better than the competition. Right, and it's definitely one of those because of where it's from and the fact of I mean, Hot One or Hot Tone, they made those really tiny pedals mm-hmm. for the for the longest time and they were all copies yeah. and we're all like well, they're clones have a nice right. day it's kind of like moor and then we started moving to where moor was putting stuff out and you're like oh well um so I, I think this is very interesting especially the fact that it is you know whenever you see these things it's like a lot of these they might i'm gonna say this they might steal some algorithms if they are or not i don't know i'm saying might i'm not making accusations Mm-hmm. But besides that, they're still designing this whole user interface. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things right now I feel like is going to be some of the big game changer because we're getting to the point with the technology and everything where the sounds are getting very similar. It's getting to be at the point where it's almost a fight for usability. Yeah, I mean, the price is just so attractive on this stuff already that it yeah, it really is that question of like, and I think they're answering the question of durability, which was the other thing we were kind of really yes. always sus on these things. Right. Um, so at $255, is there any, I mean, your multi-effects processors you're going up against now are like the Zoom basic things from way back in the day. It's a touchscreen display. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, um, I mean, and so there's only like three pedals, four pedals out there that do a touchscreen as is right now, and they're all premium uh, pedals. So like Headrush, uh, quad Headrush, Cortex. Quad Cortex, the Digit, mm-hmm. or Bebo, or whatever that's currently called. Um, yeah. All right, and the cool thing, this is really neat. So this actually comes in six colors. Nice. Comes in vanilla, orange, marigold, purple, taro, matcha, and mustard. Um, and it's got a fully customizable display screen, so you can personalize stuff on there as well. 198 presets, uh, slots, um, dual DSP platform. Headphone in, head and sorry, headphone out, aux in. It's stereo, it's stereo out using a TRS cable. Um, it's got 52 amp models, 50 cab models loaded, 199 pedal models, and then it's also got a custom IR IR loader that supports third party IRs. So it's got even more versatility. Nine effect modules can be used simultaneously. That's Atrix Stomp territory, dude. Um, It's got uh, Hot Tones Windows Mac editing software. So it's got more in-depth stuff and IR management. USB-C output means that it can double as an audio audio interface as well. Sheesh. Can you extend the foot switches? There's an expression in the control. Yep, foot switch three and four. You can have four foot switches. What the hell? I mean, this is a strong. This is a this is a stomp. I mean, close to a stomp killer. Yeah, I mean, depends. It, it really depends on the UI controls and just the quality of how everything sounds. I Every mean, demo you hear of it sounds great. It depends on it depends on how well their effects sound and how well their amps sound because you've got an IR loader. Who cares about their cap built-in cabs? I mean, granted, it'd be great if it sounded good out of the gate, but 
it's not necessary anymore. I mean, they also have 50 cabs in there, but I also don't know how adjustable everything is. But like, there's been Ampero products out there already, like more premium ones. So this is kind of just bringing that that product line to a more cost of cheaper spot. Yeah. Oh, I mean, seriously. This is phenomenal. If I was looking, this needs to be the thing. When people start saying, I want to get into amp modeler stuff like digital, this is, this is it. This is the answer right now. In my opinion, this is a great entry level to um, intermediate. I would say I would say entry level and intermediate both. Yeah, I mean, what would be really amazing is if you start seeing like a some of the like what what should we call them now? The the tone junkies, the worship tutorials, the Michael Brits. I, I wouldn't call them influencers necessarily. They're preset dealers yeah i guess that's sort of what they are um what is it uh oh what's the what's the people um michael scott wanted uh to show him around town in canada concierge yes they're tone concierges okay that that's that's our new title for him. Um, I think I think that's actually very like legitimately because to sell. I mean, because that's the thing. They don't just sell presets because like yeah. a lot of what they do is like you, with worship tutorials and with tone junkies is they interact with people and they also are doing demonstrations and stuff like that and showing people how to use these things. They're definitely a concierge for. Products. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an there's an instructor component on top of the influencer component. Right. There's there there's a lot that they're offering. They're offering multi levels of um, products. Whether it's themselves as a product, their knowledge as a product, um, and how mm -hmm. they and how they cash in on that is you know their business model. But you know they do that. Well, and we we've had this discussion. I think we had this discussion like one of our first or second or third episodes. Um, so really harken back to like our old things, where one of the biggest complaints i had about modelers really early on where people didn't know how to actually use the gear they're using you, right by which you know you just like you download something you don't know how to dial it in and that's been a real stopgap, i would say in the market from how complex a lot of these models are <laughs> modelers are and the learning curve that goes into them and how do you dial in everything and how do you know how to dial it in and all that kind of stuff right right and these people provide that gap or, or a stopgap for that because it's overwhelming for most people, but you also have that big contingent of people who will buy something and just won't put the work in. Yeah. They just want to, they want the easy button. They'll just always use the preset, whatever it is, they'll grab it. And so like products like this need those people mm -hmm. to help everyone get over that hump. Yeah. I mean, you, there's the people, I mean, how many times do you message your friend that, you know, has experience with a product? It's like, Hey, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. Instead of learning it yourself. Which isn't always a bad thing. I mean, that's one of the things that, like, you know, um, that happens. But anyway, we've been we've been on this one for a little while, so maybe we uh, should yes. move past it. But this is probably. Gosh, uh, so one of us is going to be buying one of these soon. Probably, that's a good chance. Which um, color is the one you're going for, DS? Um, I didn't get to see exactly. Whatever's closest to pink. Uh, if you look at the second image in the Guitar World article, that is a flipper. So you can actually... Oh. Okay, and not mustard. I kind of really love that light purple. Pink. Pinkish purple. Oh, yeah. That, like, lavender. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that, that greenish color looks really nice. The matcha? Yeah. The the darker one. Oh. Uh, I, 
Yeah. <laughs> I do like that that light. What color was it called? Magenta or uh, uh, purple tarot? Yeah. Oh, that makes so. These are if you think about this, these are all like um, like uh, most of them are like bubble tea kind of flavors. Mustard is not obviously. But yeah. like taro and orange and matcha anyway i do i dig it it's pretty cool it's very neat um so yeah we'll keep moving i mean are if you I'll... talking about this pedal or are you talking about our next piece of news from paul reed smith guitars uh, uh, both both so paul reed smith has announced two new models simultaneously the prs miles kennedy signature t-style and the nf 53 both being uh the first t-style ish paul reed smith guitar yeah on the market. big ish on this and i i think that's an important distinction is these these get the vibe of they, a, a what we're let's just say it telecaster right yeah but they are not telecasters at the same time no um i dig it i've got some opinions on it um number one i think it's Let's uh, let, why, why don't we finish explaining what they are before we okay go, go ahead you 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 explain go ahead so uh single cut um t- top loader bridge style um and they have what's called the near field pickups so this isn't the first time we've seen near, near field pickups for or sorry narrow field not near field uh yeah. be confusing work with this um narrow field pickups and both models have the both the, sorry each model has different style of pickups, uh, or they're different renditions on the narrow field concept. Um, but they are a humbucker pickup, but they're just really, really, really narrow. So they get more of a single coil-ish sound without being single coil-ish. Um, the control layouts are actually different. I mean, both are a pickup selector and two knobs, but the, the arrangement is different between the two models. Yeah. Um, you've got a maple fretboard for both of them, which is also another unique thing. Um, not completely unique, but you know, usually Paul Reed Smith stuff is a rosewood fretboard to start. Mm-hmm. So this coming out that way. Um, and the pick guards are different between them as well as the, the bridge pickup angle is different between right. the two models. Okay. Um, okay. Diaz, how do you feel? I feel it's fucking insulting that you're not having to pay a premium for Miles Kennedy's name. Interesting. That was one of the first things. So um, uh, I think, was it Philip who got smart with me and did the let me Google that for you? Because mm-hmm. um, I was like, uh, what's the price? Because, you know, we talked about the Miles Kennedy. They're like, oh, there's another one. And I was like, well, what's the price on that? And then the same damn price. Um, yeah, I don't. That's weird. I mean, it's also weird to have a signature model and a let's call it a standard model. A core model. Uh, are these part of the core well, line or are they part of the bolt on line? Um, but let's just call my, it, let's call it my, a non-signature, like a standard model, right? Yeah. The, the NF53, I could see the NF53 being released without a signature version, right? Right. But at the same time, they, or I could also see just the Miles Kennedy coming out as its own thing. The way the Tremonti came out as its own thing before there was a single cut at Paul Reed Smith, they just had the Tremonti model. Um, you had the John Mayer model was, you know, the, the Silver Sky John Mayer. There's no other Strat model. There's just the Silver Sky until they came out with the Fiore, which is Mark Lettieri's association. So it's just really interesting that you see a double model release 
from yeah. Howard Smith here. Especially um, with those models being so similar. Yeah, I mean, they have the same body shape, and it, it's a launch of a new bat body shape. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I like I I like it, but I don't. I don't. I feel really weird. Honestly, I'd want it to be a little bit more telly. Um, I mean, I do. The, I would say there's I another like the, big thing here that's a uniqueness here is simply the way they chose to do the finishes. Yeah, it's no longer a flame maple, but it is still a very grainy piece of wood. I would say that I do like the. Um, what is the, the NF one better? The look of it? You like the smaller pickguard? Yeah, I like the smaller pickguard. Um, the color schemes. Mm -hmm. I like the white dog hair. Oh, yeah, it's a great finish. Um, I don't know. I just, it's... Telly purists are going to obviously scoff at it, right? Like, there's like, well, this was built perfect. Yeah. Um, the knob layout is not, a t they intentionally did not do a Telly knob yeah. style. They didn't do the the plate. Or they didn't do like the plate. That. And also, if you look, the volume knob is where is in the strat spot for both of them. Yeah. Um, I know, I see on the Miles Kennedy one, it does have kind of the same layout in the sense of it's in a row. It's straight. Um. But which, then the I pickup mean, selector is in the middle. Yeah. Which and some people sw switch. Well, the pickup selector is also not uh, the orientation's different. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't. I it's don't a five-way switch. Yeah, I think. I, I like. I don't. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'd have to play one. I really. It's one of those guitars where the I'd have to see one in person and, and feel it. Before mm -hmm. I'd make a real judgment call, based on looks, it's not something I'd I would go after. Probably not. Um, you know, I I think it's one of those things that I got to look at it for a little while longer before I'm like, oh, I like it or not. Like yeah. it took me a long time to actually like the Silver Skies look. Yeah, so like twenty eight ninety nine on those. Yeah, which so is not far. It so I I kind of puckered at that that price for a second. It's not horrible though, but it's actually comparable i just forgot parry smith's guitar prices have gone up with inflation over the last two or three yeah. years yep it's um, consistent with their line it uh both come with a gig bag oh yeah uh which is you know again that hard thing to swallow of a two thousand dollar guitar two 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 three, to three, almost three thousand dollar guitar, guitar, guitar. Gig bag. but I mean, like if you're paying taxes on it gig. that thing's three grand yeah, I mean, uh, a Gibson Les Paul Standard also comes with a gig bag now. Yeah. As we've seen in the pictures. Um, well, I'm just saying a, a comparably priced guitar. Why does this not have the price on it? Where are you looking? The next thing. Okay. Well, um, it's not for sale anymore anyway, so. <laughs> I still want to know what the price was. Well, it hasn't, um, it has, this is a leak. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, uh, Richie Faulkner has a flying V custom from the custom shop in, uh, Pelham blue that he has yes. leaked, uh, with his new signature EMG humbuckers in it, uh, block inlays, binding. What else sets this guitar off? 
set this sorry is that a floydy boy it is a floydy boy yeah it is a floydy boy um i do like the inlays very much even though the 12th fret inlay does make, remind me of like a van halen logo it reminds me of a paul reed smith yeah what is it is it a bird it's a bird it looks like something different it's a falcon logo falcon punch all right um yeah okay that's cool let's go on to the next thing it'll probably be for more details head over to sweetwater and there's it's not available the link doesn't point to anything it just it it brings details of the guitar but not a price or anything okay i would guess it's probably about six to seven grand yeah i'd say about six yeah the pelham blue sg with maestros uh right there (laughs) um speaking of something that's upsetting to look at in general um yeah jackson unveils a custom shop diablo 4 kelly a high-end nightmare machine for gaming and metal fans with deep pockets mm-hmm. how deep how deep i don't see a price all right so let's talk about this guitar before we look at the price no price has um, been released yet it looks like satan threw up on this thing um i mean uh, if you are a part of uh, the Satanic Church, you need to buy this. Um, EMGs, Floydy, Jackson Kelly body. It's got a four logo at the twelfth fret for Diablo Four. Yeah, on the back plate it has a Blizzard and Jackson thing on on the the trim cover. I mean. This is a weird intersection. I hope there's only like one or two of these made, or it's like one off. Or this looks like something that like uh, I I really could see uh, Kirk Hammett playing. Oh, there's ten of them. (sighs) I mean, so two of them are going to go to the CEO of a Blizzard, right? And somebody else probably hanging their offices or whatever is like, look at this cool thing, and they'll be raffled off for charity. I, th- this isn't a real thing for a market because the intersection of someone who's going to drop this much money on a custom shop Jackson and is that big of a fan of Diablo 4. Yeah, you're getting a very, very, very small market. My understanding is diehard Diablo fans aren't that big of a fan, aren't that big into G- Diablo 4 either. So, oh, shade. Well, I don't, I don't know. Because, you know, gamers are usually such an, a calm and accepting bunch of people who are always happy with what's given to them. So, yeah, that's deeper shade. Oh. All right. Toast of the Boston teams up with Bad Cat Amps and is using a prototype jet black model on tour with Dream Theater. I never would have thought I'd see Bad Cat to- Amps with Toast, Toast of the Bossy is a whore. <laughs> he, he will slap his fucking name on anything like there's i mean going from like two years ago well i don't know if it was two years ago but you know a few years ago not knowing who this guy was to every i mean honestly i'd have to say that the whole neural thing really made it like well so he he has been heavy into merchandising because he did the abasi concepts he has the signature model with ernie ball as well um he's had a pedal He's, He's got a pedal. Didn't neural he try to... archetype. Yep. Um, he's 
just like I'm, I'm not throwing shade at the guy listen if my name was cool enough that i could put it out there and use it and make money off of it you better believe i would do it this is speaking of jealousy no one mm-hmm. wants a diaz amp well it's just so weird because like i don't associate bad cat with this type of music at all not to say they couldn't yeah. do it it's just like not their market well i mean i think bad cap was so heavy into the the pnw scene and that's where i know them from yeah Which I, I know th- that wasn't well that I wasn't just, always their target but when they i think had of that them one dealer, i think of them as well would like country and yeah. i might just be wildly off there but i typically when i think country i think dr z uh yeah, yeah. yeah. and matchless matchless yeah matchless kind of does that bad cat i just but also like bad cat had that one dealer that was like really big in the praise and worship scene and so, like, that was just kind of shoved down the face. And then they went out and they did the overseas stuff. And oh, yeah, they did sing tramps for both Cundy and James Duke. Yeah. Uh, but um, Troy Benton Lewin of Queens of the Stone Age just apparently used them. Oh, okay. Uh, you got Keith Urban. Yeah. Uh, so, Jamie Cook is the, the guy. He plays with Arctic Monkeys, Keith Urban, and Troy. Yeah. Bonnie Raitt used the bad cat. Ooh. Let's get the bad cats over there. Like, let's give them something to talk about. So they're being coy with it, though. Not show, He's apparently been covering up the control panel. Um, It's called the Jet Black. Um, Very interesting. Doesn't say that it's going to be a signature amp design, but he's been on tour with it. Sorry, there's there's a Lynx and a Jet Black, and they're running a stereo rig with them. Ooh. All right. So yeah, he was just announced on the twentieth or the nineteenth as a um, Bad Cat artist. Okay, so the Lynx is an already used one, right? And the Jet Black is a prototype. Okay. Which they said, um, there, there's no word that it's going to be a signature, but it could be. Fair enough. So, so Lynx is how much? They don't sell directly, do they? Nope. Mm. Lynx. Uh, not that expensive. I mean, as far as boutique camps go, it's about nineteen hundred bucks for a head. That's not horrible. Yeah, I mean, that's that's in line with like the cabs are where they're like when when they say how much the cabs are, I'm like seven hundred dollars for a cab. I'm like, holy shit! Cabs like, are forget- cabs are expensive again. Like they are. It's funny because like for the longest time, Facebook Marketplace was just littered with all these four by twelve cabs. Yes. And but what you, you, you saw was give them away. But what you saw a bunch of people do was just take them, empty them, and just yep. scrap the wood yeah um and there was a market in that and i think that kind of cleaned up a lot of because two by 12 cabs are huge now you're seeing them all over the place and the other funny part is now you're seeing two by 12 cabs that are as big as four by 12 cabs yeah kind of like in the next thing Mm, Uh foreshadowing dynamo amplification launches its first ever bass amp a hand-built all tube head that promises unmatched clarity cool good for you guys yeah i feel like bass and bass amps are the ones where people are really like uh um, they're either one direction or the other 
Yeah, it's either like they want it just a mark base or a hard key, mm-hmm. or, and they just knock and like let's keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Or, or or you see like, like the giant ampeg fridge, right? <clears throat> it's one or the other, which is really funny because with the systems that a lot of people are using nowadays, you just need to run direct. <laughs> or they're using a sans amp to the front of house, and that's all we're hearing. But on stage, they have the tube amp. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, there's a lot of people who want the amp on stage just to feel the rumble, mm-hmm. and then they've got the rumble packs. Mm-hmm. Well, um, or whatever they're called, the backbeat the, right out the, on the street, butt kickers. Yeah, ass stompers. That's what we're gonna start calling them. Mm-hmm. All right. What was that um, noise? <laughs> that's the noise I make. When, I don't know. It's a noise I make randomly. I'm sorry. All right. I don't do it. I don't think I've ever done it on a podcast, but I do it around the house all the time. I'm like, <laughs> so, anywho, Sarah Beth thinks it's hilarious. I can imagine so. you making that noise while you're walking around, but it's coming from a different orifice. <laughs> all right, twenty eight hundred dollars for this. Um, the two by twelve cab is thirteen hundred dollars. I believe it. I mean, three hundred watt tube <laughs> amplifiers are not cheap to make yeah i good you guys sell those have yeah. fun speaking of selling things mono yeah. has released three power supplies get get the fuck out of here so here's a new part of the market that mono hasn't really covered let's just start by saying the first comment they're tiny they are very fucking small they uh, here's the question i want someone to take one apart and see what's actually in is it. it is it just an elaborate daisy chain or not that's what i'm getting curious about because that's one of the big things is it people want that separate transformer or you know close to it they want clean power they claim they're isolated isolated doesn't mean you know that's the whole thing that we went through a big thing isolated that word are they talking about the transformers there's definitely not a transformer this would be a switching power supply which is which is more the common thing that you're seeing now like chocks or no chocks has a transformer in it okay uh honestly transformer power supplies are kind of going away they're just not really a thing anymore the switching systems have gotten good enough but that a switching system doesn't necessarily mean it's a daisy chain right well, it does, it there's, there's a difference the, yeah. between them so like there's like the right. donner ones that are literally like if you open up it's just like a pcb right and doesn't doesn't do much of anything these prices are fucking impressive yeah so um they come in at 129 179 and 229 respectively it's, for um let's see what, what are the sizes on these the first one and the the big one is 10 the middle one is seven or six and the small one is five about the medium one and the big one also have usb out right which you can use to power the small one or charge a phone oh i love that yes you can daisy chain well, your power here's the other fun part like a lot of power supplies already have a usb out on them right so this can just be a nice little tiny little expansion module for a lot of pedal boards if you're looking for something more this is this would be great if it's isolated like like fully isolated gives you nice and clean sound mm-hmm. um this would be great for a lot of things um one is this could handle i mean a lot of people daisy chain their drives if you want to put all your drives on one yeah it's cheap enough where you could bring that b- reduce your noise down some mm-hmm. 
and a lot of these have a lot of high power yeah um there's variable voltage on the medium and the large one the the small one is fixed voltage the whole way through okay um i mean but for 129 dollars yeah 500 milliamps on a lot of these outlets i wonder what the total power like if that can support 500 on all of them that's impressive that's that's five thousand i'd consider i'd consider one of these for my big board or for my little board with my quad cortex then right um man i it's so small okay so the little one only has one 500 milliamp output and then the others are 100 250s and then what two uh 100s okay um the medium one has one two three four they can all do all six can do 600 or 500 yep and same with the large one all 10 with three of them yeah being variable voltage and it can do 12 volt 9 12 and 18 the medium one has one variable voltage oh it's only one of them Mm. on the medium one it's the it's only one of them has variable voltage but on the large one, you've got three. You got nine, twelve, and eighteen. Oh, that's disappointing. If all five could do, oh man! So the big one, the big one, you could run a quad cortex off of it, twelve yeah. volts and everything. Yeah, you might need mm. a polarity inverter on it. Yeah, I don't think you do, but um, including the mounting kits, really small. Oh, there's only three variable on the large. That's not enough. That's what I said. Yeah, but like I, I'm acknowledging it now. So oh, now you in, weren't listening. In, in my world, that just happened. Yeah, that just uh, happened. Okay. So they're That's all running fine. off this 24 volt system. So there's a wall wart somewhere else. Yeah. And actually, the 24 volt can only do three amps. So that would be 60, 72 uh, watts. That's still pretty strong. Um, so you you would effectively start running it you could daisy chain a few and still pull that 500 milliamps pretty cool really cool um and they're still so small these would fit underneath so many boards so nicely i mean mono's showing them off as being a top of the board solution yeah that's pretty cool i mean i think it's better for them to uh show it off on the top though yeah I mean, they're the the only downside for like people like you and me. We're like, we already have a power supply. I'm not buying another one. Yeah, I've got my um, CS12, and it works. Yeah, or uh, I mean, but this this makes chalks look big. Yeah, these are small. All right, let's keep moving. Sorry, yeah, I didn't expect but, that to be the thing that I was like most interested in, and then we got into I, it, and I was like, dang, I don't think we're going to get to the topic again um all right fran fran tones fran blanche has invented a new way to stop neck dive on guitars scott you tell me what it is and let me tell explain how it's I'm a strap that connects to your belt okay oh i'm sorry you know what as much i it's if okay, neck dive one, is a problem for you this is a solution yep this is not the solution in my opinion um first of all uh so my sg doesn't have that i've got a maestro on it so it it avoids the neck dive um number two but this is not my first sg i've had you know what i've done i've just fucking dealt with it 
Um, I don't walk around without my hands on my guitar, or if I do, I have it strategically placed. Um, if you really care about that about it that much, you could easily add weight to the base of the guitar, extend out the, um, or you could just tuck your strap through your belt. Tuck your strap through your belt, get the same effect. Or honestly, listen, if it's that bad, you could put washers on your, uh, put them in your pickup cavity or your control cavity. You could, if you wanted to, or you could easily get a longer screw for your, um, pin for your strap pin Mm -hmm. and put some washers down there and just add a little bit of weight. Oh, like if you if you really really hated it that bad, but yeah, add add some weight into your cavity. There's room in there. I mean, really, at the end of the day, this is just a video that was kind of a like, here's something I did, but yeah. with also like, oh, maybe I'll patent it, but it costs too much. It takes too long, and like, I don't know if I want to do it. So I don't of, I don't know this content creator. You don't know Franton? So, no. Uh, so. I didn't even watch the video. This is just me based on looking at it. So uh, this could be an amazing person that's coming up with a great idea. I personally just don't get it. I mean, I get it, but like, I, I feel like it's one of those, it's creating a solution that's not practical for a problem that's not as bad as people think it is. Fair enough. So Frantone makes pedals. It's been around for a while. And also just the fact that it's, it's, a, it's a woman-owned company in the pedal world and like has been around yeah. for a while um, okay so she's she naturally has a lot of clout okay and that's cool so if like if someone's listening and like thinking that i'm like being insulting towards this person not not the case yeah. at all not trying to be actually um, 90, literally just, 1994 is actually like really early in the boutique market like that's yeah that's fuller when did full tone start i don't know um Ten grand for the patent. Yeah, I don't think that that's something worth patenting, though. Twenty eighteen marked their twenty fifth anniversary, so that was ninety. But they say so that would have been ninety three. But he's claiming ninety one is when he really started. Okay. But anyway, so about you know, give that some comp comparison there. That yeah, you know, like when we talk about like Mike Fuller being like one of the OG pedal people's. <laughs> Frantone's been yeah. there too. So, all right. Um, here you can explain this next thing because we talked about it in the pre-up, and I'm just all right. Well, yeah, uh, we can skip it. But uh, you know, I mean, it, for if you've been longing for the way the crappy way a cassette tape sounds when you're recording on a like a four-track recorder, there's a new plugin. It's cheap. It's called. It's from Hornet. Literally spelled Hornet the way you are, you think, just with weird capitals. Um, it's called the cassette six four four. Yeah, it makes you it's sound a like plugin. A, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, there's always I, lo-fi I, plugins out there. People want more of them. Um, the last piece of thing is uh, is we had an omission in our last episode um, when we talked about the the shields bender from Fender. Yes. Um, the first hundred of them. Blender. What did I say? Bender. Okay. Noted. Um, Uh, there's a code on the inside of them to go download some new music. Yeah. Cool. Forgot to mention that, but all right. Are we going to do the topic or are we going to blow past it? Um, okay. Let's talk about it in concept. Okay. Without going into a lengthy list. 
Can you do that? <clears throat> I'll try my best. All right. So Diaz posted a little while ago to our Patreon group and led into a big discussion. <laughs> and then it turned into a discussion about the discussion. Um, but he posed the question of, what are your top five perfect albums? I don't know if I posed the question. Someone uh, did, though. I, I felt like that was something you did. But anyway, um, with that, we got into... So that turned into a lot of people posting my my Desert Island 5 albums, like my favorite albums, right? But right. what makes a perfect album? All right, so I feel like we'd have to list a few of our perfect albums. This is in no particular order, and it's literally just albums that I consider perfect okay, albums. Okay, so just, just to clarify, you just agreed to say, I'm not going to read a list, and I'm not going to devolve into a list, and the first chance you have to say something, you start reading a list. Are you surprised? Just disappointed. <laughs> okay. Um, well, no, no, but here's the deal. I feel like we can talk, like you said, you, you know, we, we can talk conceptually about it, but... <laughs> We, we need to give some examples. Um, okay. I would say a few of mine that I consider perfect albums, and I'll explain why, and I think that'll help. Um, Boxcar Racer self-titled album, uh, The Beatles' Abbey Road, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, and Incubus, uh, Morning View. Okay. Um, those are four albums I consider to be perfect albums. Um a few one of the things that is similar in those and i found going through my list and talking in the group i realized is i do like conceptual albums um whether it be uh having a consistent musical theme or even a storyline boxcar racer is a is a complete storyline um dark side of the moon is somewhat of a story but musically follows the same thematics throughout um and same with Abbey Road. Uh, Abbey Road has a lot of songs that call back to each other with the same chord progressions or same melodies. Um, so also for a perfect album, I feel like every song needs to, every song needs to be a very good song. And also I feel like the flow of the album is very important to me, which is where I feel like the conceptual albums really help in that mm -hmm. is because there is a flow to it. Um, I feel like a, a perfect album doesn't have uh, jarring moments while you're listening um, that like pull you out of the somewhat trans that you're in listening to the album. It, the, you, I was one of the other albums I was considering a perfect album was the Blink One Eighty Two self-titled album, which um, came out around the same time Boxcar Racer did. It was around the same time in that era uh, for Tom DeLonge's writing. <clears throat> um, I listen to the album and there's a few, there's a, the interludes on the self-titled album really bring me out of it. So that kind of kicked it out. Hmm. Um, so I feel like that's one of the big things when I consider perfect albums, every song has to be a, a very good song. It has to stand well on its own, but it has to blend in on the album well enough. So at that definition, I think is pretty close to where I would define the perfect album, where to me, the perfect album is the album you listen to without skipping anything right you yes. never want to hit skip and what's interesting about it is we got through that list and we we're like there's so many albums that get real close yeah like and i said self-titled blink 22 so close but the interludes i cannot do mm -hmm. i skip them every time and you hit you always hit you always hit skip on like <laughs> one album or, or one track or something like right. that so like we had a bunch shared with us i think wallflowers bringing down the horse is one of those ones 
where like that yeah. album starts so strong and goes for like eight or nine songs. Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree example. starts really strong. Now, Joshua Tree, I've I famously said is one of the best side is a perfect side A. <laughs> yes. And it's an album I never flip over. Yeah. Um and I have it, one, that's also because I have it on vinyl. So like that's oh, the something I do. We also had to get rid of live albums because Scott considered them to be somewhat compilation albums. It's it's like yeah, a live album is sort of like a, a greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. It, it effectively becomes a greatest hits. It's not an album that was written as a correct. You know, yes. Okay. Because because on that, um, you brought up I brought up John Mayer where the light is. I think that's an mm-hmm. amazing album, but it is a live album. It's a greatest hits in the sense of he picked you know it's, different songs. It's also a really um, fun album because it's an eras thing. Yes. Yes, he does the acoustic set, and then he does the this set, and, and he, I can't remember. He does the trio, it, he does it's a the, trio it's acoustic set. trio, and then solo, like full band. Which is the way he framed some of his concerts after that. Like when I saw him right. on the Search for Everything tour, he was doing a similar thing. Yeah, because you realize a lot of people loved you know different eras and got to appreciate that his acoustic stuff has always been great as well. Back even whenever he used to do mostly just covers. I mean, Free Fallen, um, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, message in a bottle which i know all that's on where the light is but a lot of that stuff was he did a lot earlier in the the playtime on where the light is is long enough that he was essentially he thought of it as he was his opener and his closer right that's how he approached it where he's like it's the whole night it's going to be me i'm going to put on a whole show which you can even listen to albums like um any given thursday which was i think that was his first live album Mm -hmm. Um, that have you listened to that recently yeah, it slaps still. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a rough listen. His really? Yeah. Oh no, I I appreciate it for that. I era I love case. that era, but at the same time, um, John Mayer live vocally. Oh, he's definitely it, he's definitely That's a rough. Improved. It's a rough he's, era. He's definitely improved as a as a performer and as um, an artist in that sense. But uh, I mean, there's so much cool stuff. Okay. Whenever he did Neon Electric. Mm-hmm. Okay, where well he did Neon Electric on Inside Once Out, didn't he? Yeah, no, it was originally an electric song. Yeah, but then he moved it to being where most people just know it as the acoustic. Oh no, wait, he played it. Did he play acoustic on Inside Once Out? Man, I gotta go back to some old out John Mayer no. albums. Um, Are you talking about the actual album he it was on? Yeah, wasn't it? It was, on, it was on Room for Squares as electric, okay. and wasn't it acoustic on Inside Once Out, or was it just I, like floating around as like a? Remember, this was know. Napster era. Yeah. Or not even Napster, but LimeWire like Lime era of like when we used to just get random acoustic singles or like. Yeah. And it was never labeled the right thing. Yep. Yeah. You you thought you were downloading this and you did. That's not what you got. Yeah. Tell me you're a millennial without telling me you're a millennial. Oh, you, uh, don't trust down, you don't trust the name of download yeah, files. Yep. Uh, okay. So going back to the perfect albums thing. So is that our definition yeah. that it's just like, it's a perfect listen <laughs> It's a full, complete album that you listen to. It's On a top perfect, of that, it, it's great. It's a perfect experience from beginning to end. Yeah. Hesitation um, by Nine Inch Nails is up close. See, I actually said With Teeth would probably right. be my perfect. But if you wanted to play the concept album thing, it, it would actually be Year Zero is his only like concept album. Yeah, sorry. The the little <laughs> the little one's leaving, so I'm getting a hug real quick. Oh. Come here. Give me a hug. Okay, I'll see you in a little bit, maybe. Okay, I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Oh, Daddy Diaz. Yep. 
so yeah i would say it has to be a perfect it has to be a good experience from beginning to end i mean um there's just some that are like you said you just hit rough patches not everything's a banger but there's those albums i mean morning views up there like that's one of my albums that i listen to from start to finish yeah um because like uh make yourself before that was like one of those albums i i wore the like Mm -hmm. i wore that album out listening to it all the time but you know sometimes you just didn't really want to listen to battlestar scholactica yeah it just didn't fit the rest of the album and it was fun that they did it but at the same time that was like should Mm -hmm. this be a hidden track you know like one of those kind of (laughs) pardon me yeah Um, (laughs) i see what you did there no that's not what i was doing Oh, well, you um, should have taken credit for it because. <laughs> yeah, some of that early Incubus stuff was definitely, but especially whenever um, uh, Brandon had the dreads. Mm, yeah, they, there was an um, era of them that was pretty weird that I, I my, struggle with. Um, I, A Certain Shade of Green is one of my favorite songs by them, and that falls in that era. Oh, see, that. I, I only like the acoustic version of it. Really? Oh, no, I love the... Um, thing green like the bridge on that is so funky i love it yeah that's one of those songs that you like can dance weird too and have fun yeah but yeah morning view definitely i would i would throw in that perfect album category by all means can yeah uh continuum that we mentioned yeah Mm -hmm. that that falls under that um we even went through the track list together we're like are we sure like yeah no it's all yeah i mean it's, 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 it's all solid i don't have any skips on continuum no. I have skips on John Mayer records. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I have an entire record that's a skip from John Mayer. So there's that. Um, oh, which one? Paradise, the, the... Uh, Paradise Valley. Okay. Don't really love. Um, but uh, I threw out some weird ones. Nora Jones's. Um, yeah. Come around sunset is, is no. It feels like home is the one I I was like that one I can just listen to straight through. And it's got a weird oh. one. It has that Dolly Parton track on it. And um, yourself or someone like you, Matchbox Twenty. Mm-hmm. That was one that you put, and I agree with one hundred percent. Phenomenal album. So one of the things I did notice a pattern in is there's a lot of bands where it's their first album, which is a really weird thing. Where oh. I'm like, I just love every songs about track. Jane. Yeah, Maroon Five. That was that was one of mine. Songs about Jane because I couldn't pick uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Which, in all fairness, I think that that one should be allowed because they don't really do anything besides they just do the live version of that album. But I like some of the performances on there better than the recorded. Eh. Um, but anyhow, I mean, there's nothing. Uh, I I just would just caution because like here's a fun one. Dave and Tim Reynolds live at Luther. Is that a perfect album? I don't know. I don't know about that. Dave Matthews Band with or Dave uh, Matthews with Tim Reynolds. So it's it's just two acoustic guitars doing all Dave Matthews Band songs. No, 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 no. Because like the, the what I'm saying is Friday the Thirteenth though is the full band just doing the album live. Yeah. Okay. So it would be like that. Comparing that with like uh, who who's done a live version of their album? Metallica. Estimate. Well, no, that wasn't a full album. That was a little bit of everything. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still still I songs about Jane is a perfect album all right yeah there's a lot of freshman albums that come out and um james bay's just... freshman album i i think i can li- is one of my perfect albums that's not the uh the chaos and the calm okay who's who does the goodbye my lover is that james blunt yes okay wrong wrong james then mm-hmm. 
this happens every time michael scott yeah i don't know who james bay is uh, he should he's he's an awesome guitar player and songwriter james bay and michael bay put together or james blunt and michael bay put together goodbye my lover all right and diaz is distracted so on that i think we're gonna end it yeah Um, i so call to action for all of you guys let's go to the facebook group and actually have a discussion about this do it post do post your favorite or let's 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 put it this way post your perfect album yeah by our definition by our definition so we can tear it apart and And then tear ours apart feel free to create a separate post tearing apart our concept of what a perfect album is yeah and then we will constantly remind you that just because it's a commercially good album doesn't mean it's a perfect album and you will be mad because you're nostalgic for whatever music you love between the ages of 12 to 18 i mean ooh, okay here's one album that is close (laughs) but definitely might not be considered perfect meatloaf bowed out of hell Mm-hmm. phenomenal album i don't I mean, know if yeah. it's perfect but all right guys but um you can go to facebook or no, sorry go to the it's got links to our facebook group our instagram all that stuff um our merch our youtube our patreon which is patreon.com slash the effects loop and it's also got a link to electromotive sound co so you can become a supporter of them and support us and support everyone it's all about support guys it really is yeah that's all it's about so shout out again to electromotive sound co for supporting us on this episode all right guys you know what just just we're done wrapping it up Mm -hmm. stop stop listening the music should be playing now you're not listening music has not stopped playing because we haven't said goodbye yet goodbye bye Uh, music's gonna stop playing Mm -hmm. okay okay all the way through that would last and work I don't know
dictionary Why is negativity always drawing out Pictionary, visualize love Energize lies together, together We undefeated, a planet made well There's no gloves needed when we weed into the mindset Of achieving and believing in a community That remains happy, then the actor The world should be one, hate annihilated Every heart is one, love again So Tune this section because like we could oh yeah that actually be a lot of fun just all right now i gotta figure out what key that song's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh all right bye guys bye <laughs>